0: 4Tales is brought to you by Vigor, a branding and marketing agency for passion-driven, innovative restaurant, beverage, and hospitality brands. Learn more at VigorBranding.com. If you love what we're serving up, please give 4Tales a five-star review on your podcast service of choice. Think of it as a tip for good service. Hey everyone, today I'm joined by Betsy Ham of Dunk Donuts. She is the Chief Operating Officer, which we'll dig into that in a minute. Um, I met Betsy, uh, I think a few years ago during a pitch scenario, and I just thought there was good chemistry and she had a lot of awesome insights into uh, her industry as well as the industry as a whole. So I wanted to have her on so she could share her story and we could have a good conversation. Betsy, say hello. Tell us about Duck Donuts and yourself.
1: Hello. Thank you so much for having me. It's so nice to do this with you. Um, So Duck Donuts is a made-to-order donut concept. We have 101 locations throughout the United States, primarily on the East Coast. And what's different about Duck Donuts is is when you walk in, you don't see any donuts sitting on a rack or on a shelf. So we make the donuts when you order them. And then you get to top them however you please. So if you want chocolate icing, vanilla, peanut butter, um, you know, sprinkles, coconut, um, you get to choose that while you are creating your own donuts. And you get to watch the Entire experience be done right in front of your eyes. We also, of course, sell coffee, um, espressos. We started doing milkshakes and donut breakfast sandwiches.
0: Mm, milkshakes because donuts didn't have enough fat and sugar content. We have I mean, to have the milkshakes too. <laughs>
1: it's dairy. Dairy is good for you. So you know, and you can even get a milkshake with the donut sitting on top if you want to be a little extra. I mean, nice. that's, that's fine. We support that.
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm of the mindset. Uh, you know, I'm a relatively healthy person. Um, that on my cheat day, it is no holds barred. So the milkshake okay. donut, that is totally fine. Add bacon in there and maybe a hamburger later and my day will be 100%. I mean,
1: it sounds amazing. I see nothing wrong with that. It's all about Just balance. Just not every day.
0: Yeah, that's not right. It's not day. every day. Yeah.
1: yeah. You can drink coffee um, every day. You can come see us every day and get coffee, but maybe donuts would be would be a little much, but yeah, certainly exactly. you know, once a week's fine.
0: <laughs> 100%. Um, so when we met, when we were connected, you were at the helm uh, in the marketing role Uh, looking for an agency But now you're Chief Operating Officer. (laughs) Tell me about that foray.
1: Don't tell anybody. I'm really a marketing person in the COO role. Um, So when I was hired at Duck Donuts about four and a half years ago, I was brought in to build the marketing team. They didn't have any marketing at the time. Um, And and while Duck Donuts was a very well-known brand in the Outer Banks, if you hadn't visited the Outer Banks, people just didn't really know that Duck Donuts existed. So this was early on um, in Duck Donuts. We had about 20 locations open four and a half years ago when I started. Um, so had the opportunity to. I came from a, a brand that was very well established. I worked for Hershey Entertainment Resort, so obviously had you know a lot of resources and structure and people and you know all in-house teams. Um, so coming to Ductonus, it was definitely the culture shock of wow, okay. I have all these great ideas, but I don't even have a team to be able to execute this. So um, really spent the first uh, year or two building the team and, and even building the brand. There was a logo. There was a couple logos. There was a couple ducks. Um, there just really wasn't consistency within the Duck Donuts brand. So I, I thought it was every marketing person's dream to be able to come into a brand that was somewhat established but really needed to grow up um, and, and sort of lose that mom and pop kind of feel that it had originally. Um, so I had the opportunity to start building up the team, building out the brand brand. Um, And as I was doing that, I I think our CEO realized, wow, you know, a lot of what part of franchising is, it's really is marketing. So, you know, we as as a franchise or are marketing to potential franchisees to come in um, to be part of our system to help us grow the brand. Um, Obviously the brand's super important from a customer perspective. And then a lot of what we were doing from a marketing perspective really tied in with the operations. So, you know, what products were we offering? What packaging? Um, of course, just the whole customer experience using digital as well as in store, it all just sort of blends together. And there's really this gray line. So, um, it it actually was more of a natural progression than I would have ever thought if somebody would have told me, you know, eight to 10 years ago, Hey, you're going to, you're going to be a COO of, of a, you know, an emerging now international donut franchise. I'd be like, that doesn't, that doesn't sound right. Um, but it really does make a lot of sense having marketing you know, drive a lot of those initiatives and just having that thought process. And you know, as marketers, I think our tendency is always to think big, think ahead. How do we do things you know, bigger and better and different and, and to come from that strategic perspective? So um, it actually was more of a natural fit than I would have ever thought on paper for sure. Yeah, but I know where my line is. <laughs> I right, know what right. I can't do from an operations perspective. And, and I have a really great team, so they're able to support that. So, I mean, while I might not be able to go in and, and fix a fryer or, or, you know, teach people how to top donuts beautifully, um, you know, that's the great part of having a really strong team around me that I can focus on what I do well from a marketing, but also just from a strategic and a business growth perspective. And, and everyone else around me can do what they do well, too, which is great.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting um, kind of flipping of the roles. And so, what I love about that is is when we're at the table, when vigor is at the table with a client, um, especially a franchise system, we. Some people may think this is weird. We like demand that operations be at the table too, because inevitably they are the ones that have to activate this on premise and elsewhere. And so, if you don't bring them along for a ride, if they don't feel like they had a stake in what's going on or a voice, then their desire to activate it drops significantly or activate it with any kind of care. Right. Right. I've seen on-premise posters slapped and it's so bad. Um, so it's, I think it's great that you've switched over because, you have the respect for activating things effectively. You don't need to know how to fix a fryer because right. there are people that do that. Right. Um, you know, <laughs> right. you need to be a leader for the team, and you know, I think every leader knows this. You hire people who are smarter than you, absolutely, and you guide them ahead, you know, or at least smarter than you in some sense,
1: absolutely. Yeah, and just and being good at teamwork and collaboration, I think, is key. And, and even when I was at Hershey, I mean, that was certainly an evolution with the marketing team there, where you know maybe. 15 years ago, it was very siloed and everybody sort of did their thing. And just through the years, it evolved where there really is so much like this is an operations and marketing initiative and we have to work together. Um, I think those silos, just even through the years at Hershey, you start to see really crumble because you need to have everybody on board um, for it to actually be implemented and to be successful.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Um, So Donuts is an interesting uh, segment of the industry. Um, I think, you know, obviously, I think we would put that underneath uh, a bakery or specialty kind of shop. Adding in adding in the coffee and everything like that uh, obviously makes the the daily um, visitor very real uh, that right. can happen. Um, but we we saw donut kind of take the same trajectory as uh, cupcakes and things before that. So it hit a very high point, and I feel like we're we're kind of over the crest where only the strong have survived. Um, and it sounds like Duck Donuts is one of those strong players, but. How has the brand preserved and continued to see success and growth when donuts, I would say, aren't on trend any longer? Sure.
1: Sure. No, that's a great question. And what's crazy is so donuts were actually been around since 1847. So they've certainly had some staying power, just as that sweet treat or the breakfast treat. Um, and you know, of course, the biggest franchise of donuts started in 1950. So it's certainly been through a lot of years. And and you're right, there was this peak um, where everybody was doing donuts, and there were mom and pop shops um, popping up left and right, literally in markets that were seemed very similar to our concept or other concepts that are out there. Um, so it definitely became crowded, and I think. Um, to your point, it it really was sort of the strong start to survive. And and part of that I I attribute to, of course, the product. Number one, you have to have a superior product. Um, But number two, it goes back to the brand and being able to establish that brand and be top of mind with customers. So I think that's where we really, our timing worked out really, really well that the brand was starting to be built out. We just had hired really a corporate team in in 2016. Um, So I think we were really able to stay ahead of that. Um, So it wasn't just this trend that, hey, you know, this is this amazing, great product Product And now this brand's a little different. It sticks out of my head. You know, it has this duck and, you know, what does a duck have to do with donuts? We certainly get that a question a lot. Um, so I just think we had that ability to be a little bit unique with the brand as well as the product just being great.
0: Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, I think so many brands, they they rest their laurels on the product solely. Uh, and it really is I always tell them, like, look, you think your kids are cute too, but right. someone, someone thinks they're ugly. Right. I promise. Right. <laughs> um, you know, um, yeah. you know what's great about duck Donuts is I, I love the format. I love that it it wasn't. It's not just donuts sitting on the shelf hoping that someone will love them. It's uh, the ability to create your own. So it's almost like you took what was uh, a driver of the uh, yo- frozen yogurt industry mm-hmm. and applied donuts to that. Yeah, so that's a great. Is example. there? Is there like an idea? So, do you well? One, do you take the same approach with the milkshakes, or are the milkshakes predetermined? Um, And two, are are there explorations for donut derivatives or um, uh, some other format where you can do the build your own? Structure. Yes.
1: No, that's a great point. And I, I never compared it to the yogurt, but you're right. It is very similar. So between being able to create your own flavors, essentially, and I think watching the experience is the other piece I should have mentioned that did make it different that you know, nothing's behind in the kitchen, everything's out front. Um, that makes it a little different. So I think um, that definitely helped as well. And and we are trying to add different products to make it stand out. And it's hard to balance that sometimes with getting too complicated, because it, it is complicated ordering when you're new and you walk in there and you're like, Oh my gosh! There's so many flavors and so many like combinations. We say there's a duxilion combinations. Um, so it can be really overwhelming. So I think it's a balance of, of that and trying to keep it simple. Um, and what we do best is donuts, and and you know that's eighty five percent of our sales. Of course, I would love to see coffee um, to grow in that that avenue or that venue as well. Um, the milkshakes, so we actually rolled them out as an optional program last summer, which of course, with everything going on, it was hard to get, you know, a good pulse on the numbers. However, the feedback from the customers was really, really good. So this will be our first summer rolling this out nationally and having it available at all of our locations. Um, so we are testing the different, like, you know, do you add stuff to your milkshakes? And and we don't have a consistent offering of ice cream across the board right now. So that's something that we're working on. Um, but having that available to create your own is something that we can we can definitely own you can do it with our donut sandwiches so they take a donut um, cut it in half and you can get bacon egg cheese sausage um, they can put the maple icing on top bacon on top so i did see some pictures before of people getting like chocolate drizzled on top so i mean hey if that's what you choose like it's <laughs> awesome. It's so good yeah. for you. Yeah. So it's your dream. <laughs> it's your dream. Have at it um, with bacon too. So yeah, let's just, we'll go in all in on that for sure. But I do think having that customization piece and people love to have their own ability to influence what they're eating and how they design it essentially, or even what their assortment looks like. So you'll see a lot of pictures on Instagram of people posting their their dozen donuts that they created, um, which is nice that they can take that ownership and, and does make it a little different than maybe some other some other donut shops.
0: Yeah, it sounds like it's, a, it's. I mean, it's a great way for people to flex their unique style. Which, obviously, I don't know how many people really identify this about Starbucks. When, especially the folks who are, uh, why would I ever pay five dollars for a coffee? It's. It's this whole. It's my coffee. It's not Starbucks. Like when I order it, it then becomes mine, Yeah, you know, and I like it my way and Starbucks makes it my way. Right. And people Um, get complicated
1: with their Starbucks order too. I've been behind those people. You're like, what did you just order? (laughs)
0: Right, right. Um, (laughs) Side note, side anecdote, Uh, Starbucks just, they love to do this to me. So I prefer my coffee, not extremely hot. Okay. So I ask for it um, at 130 degrees because I know that that is the temperature that's hot enough for me. Not gonna burn my mouth. Um, but every once in a while you'll get a a, a barista who um wants to throw a little jab. And so they'll <laughs> yell as they're yelling out the order, they'll yell, kids temperature? And I'm like, uh I mean you didn't have to say it like that. Like <laughs> why couldn't oh you just gosh. say 130 degrees? Wait,
1: I want to know how you figured out 130 degrees was your temperature. That's that's impressive.
0: I used to make coffees.
1: Oh, okay. Not not at <laughs> Starbucks,
0: but like <laughs> okay, a long time ago, I'm like, I realized that's that. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 one twenty. I, I know this sounds very um, pretentious, or at least at least persnickety at the least. Um, but one twenty is too cold. Okay, one thirty is like it's just the right moment that it won't burn my mouth. Okay, so it's that's very fair. particular. I,
1: I respect that because there's nothing worse when you get a cup of coffee and I drink my coffee black, so cream's not helping anything, and it's like yeah. scolding and you can't drink it for twenty minutes. So I, I respect that.
0: Well, it's scolding. You can't <laughs> drink it for twenty minutes, and you can't taste the donut you just got true. because your mouth is burnt. So <laughs> it's true.
1: <laughs>
0: it's it's a big mess. Um. So speaking of big messes, how have you guys approached? online ordering because yeah. with it being so customized I, I have to imagine I mean w- we know that the more choices you give a person uh, the, the lesson like with each choice it becomes less likely that they will order because they get paralyzed from the choices right. online has got to be a bit of a nightmare. how do you guys approach that?
1: Um, it's still something, it's a, it's an evolving process for sure. Um, when we launched about three years ago, we launched online ordering and, and you're right to build your own donut. It's, you know, pick your topping, pick your, um, drizzle, pick your, um, coding. I did that backwards, but you have three choices essentially with each donut. So, um, going online and if you're building, you know, typically a half dozen or, or a dozen, actually, we sell a lot of dozens online. It does take time to build it. And in our dream world, we wanted the entire thing to be visual. So, I, I've seen some pizza companies do this, of course, where like your pizza pops up in the screen and then you're adding the cheese, you're adding the toppings and you visually can see what you're creating, which is of course, great. Everyone's visual. So, um, so unfortunately we're not at that point yet, but we are actually right now working on sort of like the next iteration of our online ordering process. Um, the nice thing is, is we do have a lot of predetermined donuts and assortments. So we will see a lot of people just go, Oh, give me the spring assortment, you know, give me the winter assortment. They don't have to think through all those choices, but we do have a lot of customers who have a very specific, you know, I want my, you know, chocolate donut with coconut and peanuts on top. So um, they have to have that ability to do it. So that's certainly an area that we are focused focusing on to improve that customer experience that it can be more visual. We actually launched an app and a loyalty program last February, right before COVID, which was actually amazing timing to have another um, resource, (laughs) another avenue to place your order. So, And that's really that same experience where it's a lot of words and you're clicking buttons um, to build your donuts if you just don't pick one of the predetermined assortments. So hopefully as we get through 2021 um, and 22, we'll have more of a visual experience that will make it even easier for customers to see what they're ordering.
0: That's awesome. When you um when you joined the company, how many units were we twenty two
1: stores open.
0: And those were franchised or those corporate?
1: They were all franchised. Uh the only corporate store we have currently is their one in Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania, which is where our corporate office is. And we use that for a training center as well. So when people come in for Duck Donuts University, they do in store training and in classroom training. So then they're training in that location too.
0: Excellent. And and what is the footprint now?
1: So 101 locations in the United States, um, primarily on the East Coast, but we're in 22 states. So, you know, we do go to California. We have four locations in California, um, a few in Texas. The Midwest is definitely a little sparse. Um, so looking to add some locations, of course, throughout the Midwest um, and even back towards the East Coast. So primarily, we do do dominate on the East Coast, um, and we did open in Dubai last September in the UAE, which was awesome. Um, and we have a couple other international locations um, planning to open for 2021 that were a little delayed with last year.
0: Sure. So that's great. So uh, un- underneath your uh, your reign, your reign of happiness, um, you guys have seen five x growth. What has what have been some of the biggest challenges in getting from that? 2022 uh, unit mark to where you are now.
1: Yeah, that's it's a great question. It, scaling is very interesting, and especially when you're trying to be aggressive about it. And you know, one thing that we've always been very very cognizant about is our team in our corporate office. Their goal is to support the franchisees and make them profitable and successful. So, um, that of course is varying departments from you know real estate, construction, operations, IT, marketing. Um, so, trying to stay ahead of hiring um, and deciding what that structure is. So, we certainly knew where our strategies were and what we were trying to do, but then creating the structure of our team to support that um, has certainly been very challenging. And trying to stay ahead of it because the last thing we wanted to do was to not have hired soon enough and then playing catch up or feeling like our franchisees aren't supported because we don't have the team members. Um, so that's probably one of the biggest challenges. And, and now you know we're at a good point. We have 25 people on our corporate team. We have a pretty solid structure. I keep saying you know it was all about getting the right people on the bus in the right seats, um, which has been a, a big focus and it'll continue to be a focus as we you know get to 200 locations. So. Um, that's probably been one of the biggest challenges. And then just um, like every emerging brand from a franchise perspective is, you know, when you're young and you're starting off and, and people come and they're like, Hey, I love Dr. Onus. i to open a franchise. You're like, great, let's go. Um, so of course we've made, we've made mistakes in the past, you know, whether it was with franchisees or locations or markets. So, um, and, and that's of course, completely normal from, from any um, franchise group or even, you know, corporate locations. So just making those little mistakes along the way, but the good news is, is all that stuff is, you know, correctable. So we are able to learn more. We have way more data than we did. Um, Cause even when I started four and a half years ago, I, I came from a company where there was a lot of data and you made your decisions based on data and, and that helped to drive, you know, better results. And we just didn't have that. I mean, we weren't doing online ordering five years ago. We didn't have an app. Uh, we weren't collecting zip codes in stores. We had not done any research projects at the time. So just doing all of that uh, fairly quickly, implementing some research, you know, understanding our brand awareness and perceptions, um, and just building all of that into growing and learning more about the brand and our customers has really been key. But of course it didn't happen overnight. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. It's a journey. Yes. Yeah. And I mean, it, it'll keep on changing too. Uh, not to crack open a can yes. of a right Now on my radar is this whole NFT craze. Have you heard of this?
1: No NFT.
0: Uh, I don't even know if we want to get into it. Um, <laughs> so it stands for non fungible token. And essentially it is mm-hmm. a, uh, I might botch this. So I apologize to the listeners, do your own research, but Essentially, uh, a non-fungible token is a code that is placed on a digital asset that marks it as the original. So for instance, this interview is video. I could apply a non-fungible token to this, giving it value. So even though someone may take this video and maybe repost it or share it, I'm the one who owns the original. Therefore, it has value. And so it may seem very silly, but I think where this really started to get traction was with, um, awesome basketball plays. So like LeBron James does like this triple twist, breaks a couple angles and slam dunks (laughs) and it's all caught on video. Okay. Well, I can buy that video marked as the one, even though you may see the video on news, you may see the clip here and there. I'm the one who owns it. I own that move now. And so it's it's really interesting. Um, I don't want to unpack it too much, but suffice to say that our journey into technology and information and data is we're just at the beginning. Right. You know? We we've just scratched the surface on AR. People are finally used to QR codes and are actually right. using them. <laughs> um, yes. So. You know, there, there's a couple old fuddy-duddies out there that are like, finally, it's my time. Um, <laughs>
1: <laughs> I know, how did they make a, and it? And they are so much easier because I remember we used them years ago like on mapping guides and, you know, you had to have the right the right app and this and that. And then magically it's like, oh, just take a photo. It's so much easier. and takes you right to the website. It's just, it's so, yeah. it was very clunky. I felt like, you know, 10, 15 years ago and now it's Absolutely. something that's so simple to use.
0: Yeah, so a couple things happened. Um, one is the, it became a native part of your phone's camera app. So okay. like you didn't need this app and this extra app. You didn't need to go okay. out of your way to find an app. So that made it easy. And then two, uh, people are forced to use them Yeah, with, with menus. So with if you're menus, dining right? in, So now it's like just a part of what they do. They're used to it and it's not a pain in the rear uh, or an extra step. So I think that is a beginning point of like opening up the door to so much more technology, um, moments that will allow restaurants to take the experience, take that brand immersion even further and, uh, pretty excited about what comes next. Um, so, Duck Donuts, uh, led by you, started a rebrand right before the pandemic. Um, how has that gone? <laughs> what were the challenges? Um, where? What are you excited about? Because I don't think it's been fully rolled out. Correct. Right.
1: Right. Yeah. So, our timing on that was, of course, as everything last year was not great. So, it was funny because in 2019, in October, we do a biannual franchise owner meeting. So, everybody gets together and we roll out, you know, what's coming up and what's new. So, that was in October. And we actually did it in the Outer Banks. With which was pretty cool. So we roll out this new branding and, you know, we talk, we, we shared brand research first, which we had come back with. And then we roll out, you know, this new branding and the loyalty app. We had new team members, like all the stuff that we're like, yes, 2020 is going to be the year that is just going to be amazing. And so we had planned to roll out the new branding, um, like really first quarter, end of first quarter 2020. And the new branding is really around like our internal word is ducklish for it. So if you think about the one thing that makes us different, because there are a lot of similar similar brands out there, um, is nobody can duplicate the duck. So we took that and really capitalized on using the duck more visually um, as our mascot, but then also the... The language so we started using duck in words like stupenduck or I'm going to forget some of them on the spot, um, but trying to use the word duck in um, some of our marketing material. So, um, and I always go back to Seth Godin and the purple cow, like what's the one thing that nobody else can um, copy off of you. So that's sort of how we ended up there. Um, so anyway, so the plan was to roll that out, like really end of first quarter. Of course, we all know what happened this time last year. Um, and so we obviously had to change our messaging anyway. And Ducklish is fun and it's bright colors and it's beautiful photography and just trying to be very sensitive, of course, to everything that was going Going on, so we did not roll it out as it was in the first quarter. Um, started using some of the photography because there's just beautiful pictures of donuts, but. Um, didn't want to go out there being too like fun or quirky. Um, so our messaging really took a pause. And what was interesting was because it's like, oh my gosh, what do we do now? Like we want to be out there, but we don't want to be obnoxious. And we don't want to be like not being sensitive to customers. And we started seeing our franchisees go out and drop donuts off at, you know, frontline workers, um, you know, hospitals, police stations, just for anybody where essential workers were. Um, and it started a sprinkle happiness campaign. So we really focused on a sprinkle happiness um, umbrella hashtag um, through the first half of COVID, especially because even though everything that was going on was a little crazy, you know, giving donuts to even to some point, your neighbors was really just a different way to sprinkle happiness of a time where everybody was really struggling and looking for something to get excited about. Um, So that messaging really took the primary focus for us uh, most of last year. So as we got through like the second half of last year, we did start introducing that more. Um, And of course, as you introduce a new campaign, you start to get feedback, especially in store about your point of sale. Um, so made some changes that there wasn't confusion that that was product names, that it was more of like just a language um, that we were utilizing. So we, we have picked up steam with that the last probably four months, I would say. Um, but yeah, it's about a year delayed from, from where we were trying to go. But in the interim, we did come up with a nice cute hashtag that maybe we wouldn't <laughs> have, um, have done before, but in something that we can still use and, and goes along with that bigger umbrella of our new campaign.
0: Yeah, I feel like there's um, an entire book to be written called And Then the Pandemic Happened. (laughs) And just we could collect stories from not just the restaurant and hospitality industry, but just business in general. It's like, what were your grand plans? In January 2020, many people don't realize this. It's not a political statement, but uh, a poll showed that 80% of people felt like things were better than they ever have been. Okay. Um, You know, I mean, as far as financial outlooks, absolutely jobs, you know, people making more money than they've ever made. It was a pretty wonderful time. And I think there was a lot of great energy going into 2020. Yes. It reminds me of a a commercial. I want to say it was maybe for like a Geico or progressive where he realizes how much he's about to save and he, you know, takes off his shirt and spins around. He's like, there are no rules. And the lady's like, put your shirt back on. He's like, there's one rule. There's one rule. (laughs) But like for us, I feel like everyone, like a lot of brands, we were like 2020, like, "Hell yeah, we're about to dominate. And then like, Covid's like, no, you're not. You're like, right. No, no, we're going to no, not dominate. We're, we're not going to do
1: anything. We're just going to try yeah. to survive. I mean, yeah, I just, we, that's literally how we were. We were so pumped. I just go back to that meeting in October, everyone like franchisees were pumped. Our team was pumped and yeah. And, and January is always a, like a quiet month for us, of course, because people have New Year's resolutions and, and all that. So we were, we were ready to rock. And, and March is when we typically see pick up St. We do really well for holidays. So Valentine's day kind of kicks off our big bump in sales. Um, and then St. Patrick's day, which we were going to be excited for, which obviously then it was COVID, but I can't wait till the day when we have conversations and we're not like, well, then COVID happens. Like, you know, (laughs) because it's even a year later and of course it's still happening, but just the whole like, oh yeah. And then that happened. Yeah, that's, that's right. So it'll be nice when we can have that farther in the rear rear mirror for sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's a sense of uh, camaraderie developed over the course of that as well. I mean, where we, we weathered something together. Uh, Even if we weren't like talking every day, there's a sense of like, Wow, <laughs> we did! We it. I can't wait to have a drink with everyone. You know, like <laughs> right. at some conference. You know, in
1: person at a bar. <laughs> <laughs>
0: exactly, exactly. So, um, there's two more questions that I want to go over. Okay. One is, what's the future for Duck Donuts? What's the future for donuts uh, in general? Where do we go from here?
1: Yeah, great question. So the future for Duck Donuts is, you know, we really are at this point. We have a hundred locations open. Only 16% of franchise brands make it to a hundred locations. So that's a really great milestone that we're really excited about, but obviously want to maximize um, our growth at this point. So moving forward, starting in 20. 20- 22, um, we're looking to accelerate how many stores we open a year. So looking at opening about 50 stores a year in the future. Um, and we have, you know, of course, we have markets to backfill where we might only have a handful of markets or a handful of locations in a big market. Um, so backfilling some of those existing markets. Um, of course, targeting markets where we know we'd be successful based on what we've seen in our current markets. Um, non-traditional locations is a really big focus for us right now. So, of course, some of those locations, like, you know, maybe if it's a baseball stadium, amusement park, that that kind of thing. Well, obviously that stuff's going to come back. So looking at that as well as we had our first container store open in California about two months ago. So it's like a 500 square foot container. And of course, California does everything outside because they have the beautiful weather. So it's in a food court with other locations like that. Um, So just looking at those non-traditional locations, um, we only had one food truck prior to COVID um, and she did amazing. She was out, you know, doing neighborhood drop-offs and different um, pop-up events like that. So that's Certainly um, piqued the interest of other franchisees. So we've had some additional food trucks coming on board. Actually, some have already started and some will be hitting the road here shortly. Um, But again, I think it's getting to where the customer is, um, not always necessarily waiting for them to come back into the store. So, with the rapid growth that we're looking forward to, um, obviously, the non-traditional locations. And then the other thing is, which we sort of touched on, is just the whole convenience factor. Um, convenience, of course, was big pre-COVID. And it's obviously uh, was more in the spotlight in the last year. And I don't think that's going to go away. Just meeting the customer demands of, you know, we don't have drive throughs currently. So, you know, do we have a drive through location? You know, is there a different kind of pop-up locations like that? So, um, obviously, continuing to evolve our user experience when you're ordering online. Um, but just that convenience thing I think is, is really important and that's not going to go away. And I think that's going to help our, help our growth.
0: Awesome. So, uh, Betsy walks into duck donuts hungry. (laughs) What, what is her donut?
1: Oh, so I have a couple. Um, th- it's funny because I love the seasonal donuts. So like my favorite, favorite donut, but you can only get it in the fall is an apple donut. So it's like a cinnamon sugar donut with like the apple pie filling kind of in the middle and you can get some icing drizzled on top. Um, and right now we have key lime, which is our spring like limited time offer, um, which is also one of my favorites. And you get that with, we have a cream cheese drizzle. So I tend to go to like what the seasonal flavors are. Um, but if you just have to go at any random time, like just even a cinnamon sugar donut with a vin- Nella is amazing.
0: Yeah, sometimes the simplest is are the best, right? Like a yes. really good glazed donut. Right,
1: um, exactly. So and a cup of coffee, of course. To, Need the coffee. Always coffee, yeah.
0: <laughs> like, so I don't mean to uh, talk about, well, I don't mean if they're, I mean, they're a competitor because they sell donuts, but you're going to know who I'm going to say because they're a central Pennsylvania, specifically York staple.
1: Oh, okay. Yep.
0: <laughs> a maple donuts glazed donut to me is, it's just pure heaven. And I think it's in the mix of nostalgia. I grew right. up on maple donuts.
1: Right. Oh yeah, me too. You know,
0: so every once in a while, when I'm when I'm back, uh, you know, in New York visiting my family, you know, I'm like, hey guys, I've got to dip out in the morning. Got to get the maple <laughs> donuts. I'll come back. It nice. was also the magic. Uh, their original locations. Uh, <laughs> there was something about that heavy cigarette smell. Because oh my you gosh, could still
1: smoke yes. in there. You know what I mean? The one by so, the York Fair. Is that the yeah. point? Yes. Yep. Yep. Yes. We used to stop <laughs> yeah. in there after <laughs> <Yeah>. church. Yep. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. So it's like, I don't know what it is about cigarette smoke. I think it's like vile, but like in that, it's just a part of that moment, you know? My gosh, I can
1: totally... Totally, like picture that in that counter, and all those older men would be sitting at the counter, smoking their cigarettes, yep. drinking their coffee. Oh my gosh, that's so out of funny. their porcelain,
0: their yep. porcelain the mugs. Little mugs. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So there's something about donuts that I think. So bringing that up, uh, one, that's a piece of my childhood, but two, donuts aren't going away. Right. Um, even though there was a trend, uh, I don't. I don't see donuts as a a thing that will fizzle out like froyo I mean when it when it's done it's done right. you know for a while and we had many waves of froyo craze I think donuts have a, have a lot of legs uh, to, to quack on, Thanks. as it were. So. <laughs> nice. Well done. <laughs> Excellent. Well, hey, where can people uh, either find you or Duck Donuts? This is your moment to plug away. Yeah,
1: sure. So duckdonuts.com definitely is our website. has all of our information, of course, if you're interested in franchising. And then definitely follow us on social. So there's nothing better than seeing pictures of beautiful donuts. Are people happy um, with their donuts? So check us out on Instagram or Facebook as well.
0: Absolutely. I don't think I've ever seen someone sad or crying while eating a donut. So I know that's why we one. sprinkle
1: happiness. I mean, it does it literally makes people happy when they when you see a box of donuts for sure, especially for duck tongues.
0: Absolutely. Well, hey, thanks for taking time out today. I really Thank appreciate you. it. Thank you. Nice to have you. All the tonight. Nice. Awesome. Until well, next time. Thanks. If you love what we've served up, please follow us at Vigor Branding on Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube, and Medium. fortales Tales is produced by the team at Vigor. Audio and video post-productions provided by Zencaster. Music performed by Jet Trash and licensed through musicbed.com. Joseph handles his own hair, makeup, and stunts. Copyright 2003 to 2021. Vigor Graphic Design, LLC. All rights reserved.